Imagine living your life after 50 and feeling energized and excited about your future. Welcome to the Women in the Middle podcast, the podcast for women who are ready to figure out what they want and create the life they deserve. Here's your host and master certified life coach, Susie Rosenstein. Hey there, welcome back to the podcast, Women in the Middle. I'm your host, Susie Rosenstein, your master certified coach and midlife mentor. And I am so glad to be here with you again for this week's episode, which is a special one because it's episode 200. Woohoo! <laughs> it's hard for me to believe, but it really is episode 200. So crazy. I started Women in the Middle on July 27, 2017. At that time, I wasn't completely clear about the direction of the podcast. I knew we were going to have fun. I knew we were going to explore all kinds of really cool mindfulness concepts and issues related to midlife women, but I wasn't really sure where it was going to go. Now, Women in the Middle was trademarked in 2020, and that was also an exciting milestone. Most of the episodes are done by me, but not all of them. I've introduced you to guests. In fact, there have been 76 guests over the years. It turns out that I really enjoy finding amazing guests to interview and to introduce you to. I love sniffing out a really good story. I have to say, many of the guests I know personally too, and I just love it when I figure out an episode centered on a topic that I know you will love. So I was thinking about what would be a great way to commemorate this milestone of the 200th episode, and I realized that A topic that comes up all the time with midlife women is friendships, specifically long-term friendships. And I'm thrilled to introduce you to six amazing long-term friends of mine. So that'll be 76 guests plus these six. (laughs) My guests today are affectionately referred to as the Smokin' Gals. There's a story to the name of our group, and we will share that in the interview. These women make up a group of my friends that I've had for about 31 years. On today's episode, you'll meet Kate, Karen, Sandy, Anita, Barb, and Robin as we talk about our long-term friendship, how and why we've been able to have so much fun together over the years, and what this friendship has meant to all of us. Now, this episode also has a special dedication. It's dedicated to one of the smoking gals, a very important member of our group who is not here with us anymore, Mary Corderone McElroy. Like I said, she was one of the smoking gals, but she sadly passed in 2014 after a long battle with cancer. We miss her terribly. Mary was an endless source of positivity and creativity. She cared deeply for her family, her friends, and women's causes. So to further celebrate our long-term friendship, We've made donations to an organization in Toronto called Sistering in her memory. Sistering is a multi-service agency for at-risk, socially isolated women and trans people in Toronto who are homeless or precariously housed. They are doing such great work there, and you can learn more about it at www.sistering.org. I am so excited for you to meet my friends and to really think about friendship with this kind of perspective. I know you're going to get a lot out of it. Now, as Eleanor Roosevelt once said, many people will walk in and out of your life, but only true friends will leave footprints in your heart. Please enjoy this episode. Hey there. I am so excited to welcome this very special group of friends of mine. 
in to help me celebrate a milestone at the Women in the Middle podcast. Ladies, I am so happy you're here with me today, and I'm really looking forward to this episode because I know there will be laughter and memories to share. (laughs) So I thought we would start by introducing everyone. Please say your first name, a little bit about yourself. And of course, we love ages around here, so include your age. And I think it would be fun to go um, down in order of our age. So who's our matriarch? That would be me, Kate. I am 71, just going on 31. And um, I have uh, been working for 30, I worked for 37 years in health and uh, nutrition education communications. And I am now blissfully retired. (laughs) And I live in Scarborough in Ontario. Thank you. Who's next? That would be me. I'm Karen. And I am 70, just. And um, I lived in Toronto for my whole life, raising our family and our, our daughters and and retired to St. Catharines, very close to Niagara Falls, about seven years ago. And I have five grandchildren. So I'm very proud of that. And I'm retired now. And I'm loving it. And I sew and I quilt and I knit and I um, garden and I love to make things. So I'm really enjoying my retirement. Oh, my gosh. So good. All right. Who is next? That would be me. Uh, my name's Sandy. I live in Toronto. I am 66 this year, and I have been retired for about three years from teaching in the elementary school system. Before that, I worked in public health, which is where we all met by doing a project together back in the day. And um, I have uh, been sitting back being very grateful to be Uh, retired during this COVID period, because public health and schools are two places where it is just going crazy uh, if you're working in that system right now. And so I'm happy to be retired and looking forward to getting out of all this so we can gather again. Uh, Gathering again. That's right. We do have some more partying to do. (laughs) Okay, who is next? Well, that's me. And I'm Barb. And I'm 65, retired for three years. Um, live in Toronto in the central part of the city and um, I don't know what to really say about retirement it came kind of unexpectedly and then COVID on top so there's lots of adjustment but generally very grateful that our family is healthy and that my son's been able to pursue his studies despite the restrictions Um, so that's me. Amazing and who is next? Anita. Yes, my name's Anita. I'm just 64, retired for four years, just going into my fifth year of retirement. I moved from Toronto to Hamilton, Ontario, which is my hometown, when I retired. And I did about 30 years of municipal communications in public health and also in waste management. And what I love about retirement is that I have the freedom of time to take off, do whatever I want, or do a whole lot of nothing. Nothing. So good. (laughs) Okay, Robin is next. Hi, my name is Robin. I live in Toronto. I'm 60 years old um, and have been working in the sort of health sector for 30 some odd years, um, good heavens. And um, I uh, just recently started a new job uh, again in 
and that's great news. Um, I'm really proud that I've been able to get a job during these difficult times of COVID. So um, it's great to see everybody. Thanks, Susie. Oh, my gosh, it's, it is. And I'm the baby of the group, which is so fun for me because I have another group of ladies I'm friendly with and we get together as a group and I'm the matriarch in that group. So it's super fun to be the baby in this group. And uh, just to put the context on it, I'll be 58 this summer. And uh, as a listener of the podcast, you might recall, I, I worked for 27 years in health education um, before becoming a coach. So you can see that's a thread that tied us all together because that's where we all met doing some kind of health related work in the city of Toronto. And that's how I wanted to start our conversation. Um, we call ourselves the smoking gals. And I know it sounds kind of weird out of context. Now, does anybody remember how we came up with that? Like we all worked in that area of doing anti-tobacco initiatives in the city of Toronto. But what? happened that it went from let's just get together and go out to eat to the smoking gals are getting together and going out to eat. Does anybody remember? I think it was a conversation we had at a dinner at Anita's and we were talking about names and, and getting and just the fun of being there, not focused on our work, but focusing on the dinner. And it came up because that's how we all started. Remember, we were all at the Council for Tobacco Free Metro Toronto and all the, dis the, the diseases, you know, cancer, heart and stroke and lung and the public health unit reps and stuff. And I think we thought that's what we all had in common, not smoking. <laughs> so we, I remember we were a little concerned about it after with our with the, when the kids came along thinking we don't want our children to think we're smoking. <laughs> Does anyone else have any ideas? It's funny. Well, I can't I, I can't really remember those early. I mean, it was 31 years ago or more. Yeah. Right. But do you remember when we went, we did the the, the petition for a yes. wor smoke-free planet? Long, yeah, the world's longest petition for a smoke-free planet. Yes. Yeah, and we went in a celebratory uh, dinner afterwards. And I remember sitting in this restaurant or wherever we were. I can't remember that, but all of us around the table. And we had so much fun doing all this. We went, well, gee, we should do this again. Why do we have to have a project? Let's just yeah. get together. Yeah. And I think that's how it started and so then we made arrangements and yeah. it just kept going oh my gosh that was it okay so just a second here with this world's longest petition for a smoke-free planet it was a pretty exciting project because we involved schools throughout ontario to sign these big petitions and then we symbolically measured how long all those petitions would be if we gathered together. And it was five times the height of the CN Tower, which is, I think it's the, is that the second tallest building in the freestanding world. building in the world? I don't know. It's, there's been some competition. Not anymore, I don't think. But for a long time, it was the tallest or almost the tallest freestanding structure in the world. And so it was pretty exciting to have that kind of a result and I remember we got the politicians involved and we did create a big event in the city of Toronto on um, World Tobacco Day, right? World, no, no, to, World, World no Tobacco no Day. Tobacco. Oh, no tobacco, right? We're the smoking gals, no tobacco. <laughs> May 31st, Susie. And we presented it to the Minister of Health, uh, Provincial Minister of Health on the steps of Queen's Park with a whole bunch of school kids with us. And um, I still have oh. all the pictures. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I yeah, came across right those pictures too recently. It was um, it was amazing. 
Yeah. It was, it was very exciting that we, yeah. we worked together from all these different organizations. So we all represented either different health departments. We were the tobacco lead, the anti-tobacco lead, or like uh, Karen mentioned, the diseases. So the Lung Association, Heart and Stroke, um, cancer. And, the can- and the Cancer Society. Yeah. And addiction. And, and, addiction. Oh, and addiction. Yeah. That's ARF. right. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, it was it was pretty cool, pretty cool opportunity. And it was also uh, within the context of my first professional job. Um, so I was really exciting, excited to meet other professionals in Toronto, yeah. in the larger Toronto area. And then to have the personal connection was more yeah. fun and unexpected. I had no idea what to expect from a professional job. I didn't expect you guys. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> that was an added bonus. Okay. So uh, what do you think? Like we're in our third decade of friendship. Like seriously, that is something to be celebrated. And it is one of the main reasons I wanted to highlight our friendship and our experience together. We're in our 31st year, we think. We did the best we could to reenact this. <laughs> like, when did we exactly? I think, I think Sandy's right. I think it was that celebration. So we've been through a lot. What do you think motivated us to form as a group? Like to go from that first meal, that celebration dinner, to actually make it a regular thing? I think that, uh, put a little bit of thought into this, I think that working closely together, we started to understand each other's personalities and we found it was a supportive, thoughtful, honest group, uh, which is, I think, very important. And my analogy is rather like Anita's jigsaw puzzles. It actually, we all clicked together. So where one piece was rounded, the other piece was curved, and we actually knitted together really well from a a diverse background, diverse experiences, um, but we all clicked. So (laughs) I don't know how to put it better. (laughs) I love that it's a puzzle analogy because because a lot of people have been doing puzzles, including (laughs) Anita, (laughs) a lot of puzzles in the pandemic. It's come up in a couple of um, interviews I've done, including the one with Joan London. Joan London mentioned um, putting puzzles together in the interview on the podcast. So that's a great analogy. I think so many people right now can relate. Yeah. You know, I think also what kept us together was over the years, you have a shared history and you go through all these major milestones together. And because there's an age gap between the youngest and the oldest of about 10 or 12 years, People have gone through things ahead of you. So people had babies ahead of some. So then they were able to give advice and talk about parenting. And we've gone through different things together, but some have been slightly ahead. So then there's this lovely exchange of information and life experience. And we've all benefited from that in so many ways. And I think that is really, there's not many people who have been through all of those things with you. If you look back on all your friends, you got them at different times, but to have 30 years of shared experience, that's quite incredible. And so when you say something or you talk about an incident, people know your roots, they know your background, and it's really helpful. It's why you can pick up if you haven't talked to someone in a few, you know, a few months and go, yeah, and remember that and 
if we have nothing else to talk about, we've got the old days. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so funny that you mentioned roots because we're all suffering with the whole hair related root problem. <laughs> Yeah. Well, both of you have been so eloquent in talking about it. It's hard, you know, it's hard to, to say much, much more, but you're right. That shared history and the sequencing of, of life experiences. Um, I mean, it, it is very special. And, you know, I remember feeling how much fun it was whenever we even had those meetings, those planning meetings for our different projects. And then you had to go back to your regular work and you think, hmm, there's really something special about those people. And it, it does make you want to, you, you realize the value and you really want to do your best to nurture it and to maintain it. And even if, as you say, time goes by, nobody else has such a shared history over such a long period of time in this context. You know, it's really very, very, uh, it's unique. It's really true. We really have all learned from each other. We all have different gifts, talents, interests. And Sandy, what you mentioned just really um, reminds me of how much I'm enjoying watching you guys who are retired because I'm fascinated by retirement and I'm fascinated by those who retire well, you know, and we're we I'm going to include myself in the group, but we're a very interesting group of women. (laughs) I know I'm biased, (laughs) But I love seeing what you're interested in doing and how you're pursuing it and how you're transitioning and making decisions to move and making decisions to start new things, try new things. Um, it's fascinating because every decision takes takes so much thinking to get to that next phase. And this is a group who has a lot of experience. And um, I really rely on that. And a lot of times you can be a very important mentor in somebody's life without even knowing you're providing that service. (laughs) I had an opportunity to speak directly to some of my mentors on the podcast, and everybody basically said that they had been mentored by people who don't even understand the impact they've had on people's lives. So who knew that now you're becoming people, many of you, Robin and I aren't retired yet, but um, you, you guys are really offering valuable service to your little underlings in the group. We're taking copious notes. <laughs> copious notes. Susie, I was going to say to add to um, other folks' uh, comments that I think one of the, the things that that's wonderful to know about this group of women is that they're in your ball court. Um, we're each of us wishing each other as well as possible all the time. Um, and we'd go out of each other's way to be in touch, to say something supportive, um, and we're champions and cheerleaders of each other in that regard um, and concerned, um, you know, from not like in your pocket day to day kind of, you know, concern that you might have from a family member, but concerned enough from a distance um, and interested in enough from a distance that if, if there's a bit of objectivity that you might not get from some folks but really feeling a sense of having champions and people who are on your side. Um, and, and, oh, yeah. and thank you for all of that, you guys. <laughs> we don't often have the opportunity to think about our friendship in a greater context. You know, we're just so grateful when we find time and manage to prioritize some kind of an outing. And of course, those outings haven't happened in over a year now, other than our little Zoom gatherings. But everybody's suffering from some Zoom fatigue these days, so we're doing the best we can. But it never 
entered my mind that we wouldn't pick up right where we left off as soon as possible. No, exactly. And I think one of the other things that uh, if I'm thinking about, I just care what you said about how we went to our meetings back 30 some odd years ago and how chatty we all were um, <laughs> and how we had to make sure that we got to the agenda um, and, and, and how we actually made sure that um, as we moved into our social network, uh, we had to make sure that we were hearing from each other. And yeah, there's, and so I remember when it became really clear that we needed to have something to facilitate uh, hearing from each other and the need to introduce the feather and how that feather really helps us along. I mean, we're amazingly good today. But uh, I mean, in this very moment, we're being very uh, mindful <laughs> of over each other. Because I prepped everybody that it would be very right. challenging if we all spoke over each other. But yeah, that feather idea, Robin, I'm so glad you brought that up because it's it's kind of like we needed a, an agenda without it being too formal or a safe place to make sure that all of us who love to talk so much just shut up sometimes and listen a little bit, too, because we have so many things that we want to share. We're genuinely enthusiastic. Uh, so it's funny. I don't think anybody resisted it either. Anita no, just produces a feather. How did it go no. down, Anita? Do you remember? No, I don't remember how it went down, but I just thought we need something to give everyone a chance to have a few minutes at the podium. <laughs> so, but I think Karen had something else to add to that. I was just going to say it, it turned out to be such a good idea that uh, we actually use the same concept with a with our a group of couples that that got together for pizza on Friday nights in Toronto when we were there Friday night pizzas and everyone would do the same. So we had to have one of our friends had, is a, was a lawyer and had been up at a um, a native uh, restitution group for and they used a talking stick and it was the same concept and so that's exactly what we had to do. We'd say, "Hey, she's got the feather," or "He's got the feather." That's, so yeah, it's, exactly. It's, it's spread. Exactly. So idea. on Zoom, I'm holding up right now <laughs> the the talking stick uh, that has feathers on it that I picked up in, at a gift store in the Grand Canyon area. And when I saw it, I went, oh, my gosh, it's rooted in real history. Like people have needed to create something like this over time. It's not just us. <laughs> so. It's really fun to have. And it was a really fun concept. And that brings me to the next topic. Anita, we're going to shine the flashlight on you for a little, the spotlight, the flashlight. <laughs> um, you've also done one other uh, thing for us as a group. And again, I'm not sure that you even realize the impact of it, but you have kind of led the way on making sure we always have fun things to do. And you're a natural organizer. And you've really done that. And we've all done entertaining and we've all also come up with ideas. But I think if we go back over time, you're you're always thinking ahead. Like, you notice when we haven't gotten together in a while, you come up with some really cool ideas. So how are you so motivated to do that? Well, I think you know, when I first came to Toronto, I had been living out in Calgary for about seven years. And so once the group started up, I was new to Toronto. I also needed to develop friendships. So one of the things once the group got together, I also didn't like have a husband or kids, whatever. So I had lots of time to figure 
about, right? So, um, yeah. And then I think one of the things too is, as we know, time is really what you need to solidify friendships. So, sometimes it was looking for opportunities where we could spend like a night or two, because then it gives you just way more hanging time and you're not um, just kind of constricted. And then you could even break the different like smaller groups and catch up in different ways. So that's something kind of I've always liked. Like I think for me going to a dinner party is one of my favorite activities. So yeah, that really is kind of it. And no one was resistant. Not so us. I- <laughs> we were appreciative. <laughs> yes. So I thought it would yeah. be fun if, if everybody shared one of the most uh, favorite or memorable times that we shared together, um, where it was, what was so funny about it or special. So just think I surpri- I'm surprising everybody with this. I circulated a list. One of the times that we were together it was at Niagara Falls, um, Niagara on the Lake. We were together doing some spa treatments. I don't know if this was my favorite time, but I will share it because it was one of the funniest things now in hindsight. <laughs> so we stayed at this place. It was beautiful. And how much fun to carve that kind of time out with your girlfriends. Niagara on the Lake is about an hour and a half away from Toronto. And we went and it was this beautiful inn with uh, a spa. And I was so excited that that I signed up for three spa treatments, not realizing that that might be a bit much. And so one of them was Reiki. One of them was a facial and then a massage. And I, I don't remember if it went facial massage or massage facial, but at some point near the end of my extravaganza, I started to feel a little weird, like a little uncomfortable, not in pain, but something shifted like energy, perhaps with all of that work. Um, But I felt very weird. Like I didn't know, was I going to throw up? Was I going to have to run to the bathroom? I was very out of sorts and confused because I thought, oh, relaxation, spa treatment. And then there was, it was time to go to dinner and I wasn't sure I could even manage it. Uh, So from start to finish of starting to feeling uncomfortable to um, actually feeling good was about five hours. And I remember being at dinner and I had an activity planned for everybody, but I couldn't even talk to anybody. I was going back and forth to the bathroom, just being scared. Nothing happened. I was just afraid of what might happen and felt like something might happen. Um, But anyway, the feeling just lifted. It was kind of like it just left my body. And then I felt amazing. So I don't know what was going on there. Anybody's listening who is one a healer or does these kinds of treatments probably knows exactly what was going on, but <laughs> I didn't know what was going on. Anyway, I got a chance to do the activity and the activity was to just start brainstorming the things that we'd done over the years together. And we just wrote them down and then tore them up on little pieces of paper. And then as a group, we tried to put them in chronological order which was hilarious because of memory issues and because we didn't have a talking stick with us. And every time we came up with an idea, we started talking and laughing and coming up with other things that we'd done. So I would say that night for me was particularly memorable because I had a crazy experience that I thought was going to be really positive and was kind of weird. But then it turned into an incredibly positive 
experience by remembering all of these things that we'd done together. And I think it may have been around 20 years ago or so, because I think we were discussing, is it our 20 or 21st year together as friends? Does that sound right? Do you think it was around 10 years ago? I think it was. So that's mine. Sorry, Karen, what? No, it could be. Could be. I certainly remember that. And we were worried about you going through this transition thing. Yeah, it was weird. It was very weird, but it did end on a good note. So it did. It did. So that was one thing that I would highlight. (laughs) That was one of the experiences, but we've done it all. We've, we've, we really have done a lot, except we have not yet gotten on a plane together. We've done short driving trips, and maybe some of you will mention some of those. We haven't gone away on a plane together yet. But let's go around and share some of those highlights. Robin, what was one of your highlights? Uh, I have a couple. Well, I have several, but I'll limit it. Um, So I would say that uh, there was an amazing wedding shower that you guys threw me where I was, the theme was Sex in the City. Now, I have never seen you women dressed quite the way that you came to that wedding shower, nor have I ever left the house the way that I was dressed. And I was mortified, I have to tell you. Um, But it was a lot of fun and uh, a a lot of silliness. And it was a great way to have a a shower with you guys. And that was brilliant. Um, That will stand out. In fact, my husband's one of my husband's favorite pictures of me is from that shower. Um, The other thing that stands out in my mind is the time that we visited a friend of my uh, friend of mine. Um, She has a cottage in the in the Corthus up in Tweed, and we actually went. And it was, you know, hadn't been seen through the winter. We went up in the winter, and there were flies galore because that's what happens in 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 cottages. You know, they gather, they they hatch, and then they die quickly around all the window frames and it was kind of grossing some people out and anyways but it was just that that was a maybe one of the first times that we had an opportunity to spend more than a you know a dinner together and it was terrific it was so much fun there were fires there was food of course there were cocktails and wine and all that kind of stuff um and very long drives because we had to stop and look at all the antique things along the way so but um, lots and lots of fun. So uh, those are two of the memories that really um, stand out for me. And then there's, you know, or events, I should say. There's a ton more just uh, in the background, but I'll let someone else take a chance because there are so many. Awesome. Thank you, Robin. That was a really funny trip. <laughs> it was meaningful. It was rich. It was funny. There, it was great. And it was just such a beautiful setting on a river. It was so beautiful. And that's Tweed, Ontario, if anybody wants to look that up. And if you remember, there was a lot of shopping. I mean, there was oh, yes. a teapot. A beautiful uh, teapot that I still Mary have. bought that painting and, you know, there was shopping going on. Oh, so. yes. <laughs> There's often shopping going on. Yeah. Sandy, what's one of your memories? Well, I would just like to cluster together all the dinners at our houses because the tradition is we share hostessing. So somebody hosts at their house and everybody else brings uh, one of the, the courses. So the person who's hosting does the main and then we just divvy out all the other food. And I love those dinners. Those are some of the highlights for me, really. And when you come to my house, I am so thrilled to get out my china 
that my aunt Ruth painted uh, for me, hand painted my china set for my wedding. And you guys are both the only guys who ever get to use it because <laughs> I just never take it out any other time. But I know you appreciate it. And so it's worth it getting out and doing that. And uh, those are the best things to me, the dinners at people's houses, because we just get to relax and we just chill and we can have drinks and there's so much going on and, and the food is so excellent. Always. And uh, that's a real highlight. And also the shopping, because when we do go on these little trips, I remember the painting Mary bought. It was this gorgeous calla lily. It was so erotic and so amazing. And Karen, remember when we went to Niagara on the Lake, you and I bought the same crepe paperish jacket and black dress. And these are highlights for me. Some of these things where we're just in simpatico on things and yeah. uh, the great food and the great drinks and the laughter. Those are highlights for me. That's I just want beautiful. to say that I think Sandy is the queen of cocktails. Oh, yes. <laughs> that is true. He makes a great cocktail. That is very true. Absolutely. There's a lot of knowledge in this group. <laughs> and so, I just want to add in that sure. Barb makes like the best Asiago dip that then we make her make it every time. <laughs> no, she want to change it up. Oh, no, we like that one. <laughs> <laughs> it is fantastic. We all have skills for sure. Uh, Barb, what is one of your favorites? Um, I remember um, a fun dinner at uh, Kate's. And we all swam and we were all there. So that's very special. And then Susie, you took a picture. Somebody took an underwater picture of us underneath <laughs> um, the water. And I was still working at that time. It's, one of you must have put it on Facebook and somebody came up to me and said, oh, I saw you underwater. <laughs> so apart from that piece, because I don't like that stuff. Um, it was it was lots of fun. We all relaxed, and it is it's now one of the times that I always remember that we were together and Mary was with us. Yeah, that was a beautiful time for sure. And Anita, what would you like to highlight as a memory? Um, well, you know, there's a zillion things over the years, and I just want to let your listeners know it's not all about the shopping. That's the secondary activity <laughs> that just kind of happens along. Um, but my parents had a cottage up about three hours to the Toronto. So we went there. I can't even remember what time of year, but I'm going to think maybe late summer. And, you know, it's only got the three bedrooms. Everyone's got a share. I also got the worst bed of the house. And then just as I was falling asleep, I thought, you know what? I think there's a bat. And then all I remember that is there's only a few of you just went oh and closed the doors there was no helping your friend <laughs> Matt except for Karen so you know she came to the aid uh, and the rest of you just goes I'm not dealing with it okay and I mm -hmm. hardly rely on where's the guy in the situation but in that case Karen was my guy so I don't, <laughs> I don't even know what we did but you know again hanging out eating, drinking, having fun, sharing times. That's about it. Yeah. Nice. Karen, and bat, what is that catching? Uh, and bat cat. Yeah, exactly. I wasn't on that trip, but oh, that God. story comes oh, you, up. You often. were. You were. I was. <laughs> I don't think so. Yes, I have. I have a memory of us all sitting at you had a picnic table for the uh, your 
dining room table, yeah. right? And you had thought ahead and you made duplicates of pictures from the wedding. And you handed out packets to each of us. Really? Because I don't think I was there. You must have slept through the bat. (laughs) (laughs) Now we're going to have to get to the bottom of this. (laughs) Oh, that's too funny. Well, I actually, when we were thinking of of the good good times, all of those that everybody said sounded great. But I was going to mention the bat trapping experience, too, because... I think a tennis racket was involved <laughs> or a large fly swatter or something. A bird. Something. Bird. Oh, my yeah. goodness. But I was determined to get that bat, too. I don't know how it got in. But that was a really great time. Yeah. And I, I also I remember uh, in Tweed, Susie, you were in charge of cooking the bacon. I know <laughs> that was a riot. I had never, never cooked, cooked bacon, bacon before. <laughs> It wasn't very good. I did not do a good job. I didn't know what I was doing. And I don't know how I got stuck with the bacon. That was so funny. <laughs> yeah. But but I I, I, I have to agree with um, sharing all these meals together. Like, I think that is so in different settings. And one of the reasons we started going to people's homes was because in a restaurant, they have to turn the table. They don't want you staying there all night. <laughs> and and. When we when we get together now, because I'm out of the city, I have to stay overnight and I get to, you know, that then I really don't, you know, I really can enjoy it, you know, the accommodation at Kate's or at Sandy's or wherever, wherever. So, yeah, it's 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 wonderful. Just like our get togethers, because we can talk about anything and everything from underarm hair to what's going on in different places to you name it we can talk about it and we can also talk about it with humor and we're kind of um you know get together but our favorite things i say i've got so many like the others uh robin's engagement the bat which we all remember um uh, sandy's wedding anniversary party with all the cocktails uh niagara susie's wedding uh, with a chair oh and dancing, <laughs> um, Bob's shower and um, all you know everything that with the plates and also um, not uh, Robin's engagement I think on Anita's balcony at the when she lived in the beach and also shopping with Mary at Linda Lundstrom because she and I bought the same coat. Oh, <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> So the happy and the sad times, I remember all of them. And they, as I say, filled with humor and thoughtfulness um, and understanding. So it's, it's been wonderful. Yes. And let's, let's not forget about the time we went to Kate's for dinner and we all arrived and Robert's at the barbecue, barbecuing away. And we go, where's Kate? And he goes, Oh, uh, She's sorry not to be here. She's in the hospital getting her gallbladder out. So grab a drink and I'll have dinner ready in no time. I I love that. Do you you remember, Sandy, Robert sitting there with his arms around each of us and and saying to his neighbor, hi, Bill. You know, his next door neighbor was looking over. Yeah, this is me. You know, he's got all these women. Me and the ladies. (laughs) And also... The last thing I remember, well, one of the last things, is I have two of the most expensive egg cups ever. Because <laughs> we went to this place on the Danforth Road where you had pottery and then you 
painted it yourself and then you killed it and it came out. So I've still got the egg cup. <laughs> That's a that riot. Was so fun. Well, yeah. I was just going to ask about that dinner at Kate's, which was so funny. So sometimes the husbands um, are very helpful at these meals. Sometimes they just split and they're not, they have zero interest or we don't want them there or whatever. But sometimes they're helpful. And that <laughs> night, Robert just took over. And we were so at first we were like, we shouldn't be here. What are we doing? We can't be celebrating while Kate is having her gallbladder out. But yet here we are. (laughs) So, so funny. And I also did want to mention two things. First of all, my wedding was hilarious. And I had a classic Jewish wedding with um, a portion of the evening had separate dancing. And I don't know, was that the first Jewish wedding that you guys ever attended? It was. Yep, for me. (laughs) Yep. Okay, so. It was and a bit of an fun. eye. And, and sorry, Karen. It was the most fun. too. <laughs> I think we laughed so hard trying to keep those yarmulkes on our bald husbands. <laughs> it really was fun. And it was so fun for me to watch y'all having so much fun. It is a it's a diff, it's a different cultural experience. And I know the men had to dance with men for the first time ever. And oh, we had a lot of laughs. And I have some really, really fun pictures of you guys having fun at my wedding. I love it. And the one other thing I wanted to mention, Kate, you mentioned it briefly, but it was the plates, how we surprised Barb. Oh, yeah. Does anybody want to share that story? I thought that was a really fun surprise. Who remembers? Maybe Barb can tell us. Well, I was clueless. It didn't (laughs) dawn on me until we were at the table. And I thought, Oh, those side plates look very nice. They they look like the ones I picked out. Where were we? At, at the, the Four Seasons. Four Seasons. Yeah. The Four yeah. Seasons on yeah. Yorkville. And and I remember Barb, I was so excited she chose China. And you know me in China. I love it. Love it. So this was so, a bridal shower. And, it was a bride, but why yes. were we at the Four Seasons? Was it because the shower? It was, it, it Anita had um, always took advantage was, of, of the Summerlicious or something. Yeah. Well, it was winterlicious. Like, I think. Yeah. Um, Okay. So it was a special promo that, of course, Anita found for us to get a really good (laughs) price on an amazing meal. So we took the opportunity to surprise Barb for her bridal shower. Okay. So Barb, you registered for some China. I did. Now, um, I mean, I married very late, although I'd been with my partner a long time and we had a child. I didn't get married until very, very late, mostly because I dawned on me, oh, man, I better do this because I won't have my parents forever. And so it was something I pulled together sort of in three to four weeks. And it was just my immediate family. Um, And um, so I didn't have any expectation of showers or anything like that. So I was very surprised about that. Now, there was the pretty plates, but there was also a piece of lingerie, I recall, too. (laughs) So... Yeah, so, you know, Anita, Anita's the genius, I think, here. Yeah, so it was really, Anita, do you remember how how this went down with the plates and getting there early? I don't remember the details. Yeah, I think we just, uh, you know, we arranged the rest of us to get there a bit early, told the maitre d', okay, mm-hmm. this is what we're trying to do, and they put the plates at the table for us. So that was yeah. great. It was like, yeah. yeah. I didn't remember the lingerie part, but then, you know, I wasn't going to be seeing it after it came out. <laughs> it's tiny. <laughs> yeah, so and Barb we, noticed, oh, these plates look 
yeah. look but we a actually, similar. We actually had the guys set the plates right in the middle because they were the luncheon plates, right? Barb, they were right in the middle of everyone's spot. And I was so excited waiting for you to notice uh, that they, and they, oh, this is so funny. It's just like mine. <laughs> <laughs> What good taste they have. Yeah, indeed, indeed. <laughs> so funny. One other memory I have that is really, we had a big giant laugh was somebody's husband used to enter these radio contests. Kate, was it, it was your husband, right? Robert, yeah, he always did the radio contest. <laughs> and he won a limo, a limo ride to a com to a comedy night, right? Was it the yeah. comedy and the limo? So, oh my gosh. So we, we're together in a limo going to this uh, comedy show with Sandra Seamus, who is a comedian who focuses on midlife related issues. And it was hilarious. And if I remember correctly, I think, Barb, I think you got called out from the audience in that one. Didn't that I happen? Did, but I don't think it was Sandra Seamus. I think it was no? just stand up comedians. Ah, okay. Yes. And the call out. Yes. There were folks at work that noticed that somehow. And it was like, and we have a librarian in the audience because I wore I had a suit on in my typical tailored kind of fashion get up. A librarian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, you always, see, I'm always the outrageous dresser. Oh my gosh. But this is what's so funny is is none of us really remember complete stories anymore. So we need each other to fill in the details. I remembered limo. I remembered Sandra Seamus, but they were not the same event. And apparently I was at the tweet event with no recollection. I do remember sharing photographs. But anyway, that's another reason why you need friends who've been around for a long time. <laughs> and okay. even into these years, I think oh, especially, yeah. especially this year, dating, we have weddings, babies. And now we're in a phase of life where we're that we have we're all experiencing loss of different kinds. For helping to transition our unwell parents into different living arrangements. And um, we've all had experience that we can offer in the way of try to remember to do this. Here's a facility that's helpful. And um, yeah, and the information has been offered in a sensitive, caring way and very valued, I sense. So. It uh, on we go <laughs> and on we go. And I'm so glad you brought that up. There have been highs and lows. And when one of our own got breast cancer and lived with it for 10 years and then died, that was when Mary died. It was a uh, really so tragic and so um, hard for us, as you can imagine, when one of your own and we did we do consider her one of our own. The, and we've been through a lot of happy times too, all kinds of milestones with anniversaries and retirements and the babies and and the graduations and weddings and traveling and sharing all the travel adventures and milestones has been really, really fun. So I'm thinking specifically about Nita. We've all been, all of you guys are so fascinating to me in many ways. I remember the first time Anita shared how she was able to take these extended trips and still hold down her job. That was fascinating to me, right? Because some employers make it possible for you to do that. I remember when Karen had a dream about converting her basement into a sewing studio, and then she showed us 
the Queen Mary or whatever you call that contraption you have that is not a, it's apparently it's a sewing machine, but it looks it looks like an IBM computer, <laughs> like from the old days with all the lights and things moving around. Like every time you go, oh, Sandy, when you changed careers, I mean, so many of us have have done really interesting, big things that we've been a part of. And um, and there's been so much cause for celebration. But like Barb, like you mentioned, there's been so much cause for support and love and compassion and uh, just knowing that you're able to rely on each other for um, guidance and sisterhood. Really, right? Anybody yeah. want to share about the sisterhood feeling that, I don't know, I've never called it that before, but I really think of you guys that way. You know, I was, I was thinking about friendship when you brought it up. And um, I don't have a sister, but when I look around at our group, all of you have sisters. So, um, oh, you don't, Anita. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I've often thought that that, that particularly... In the, in the most recent years, when there were changes in our family with losing parents and illness, et cetera, um, that it would have been a really nice experience. Like, I, I, I would not have felt as alone or uh, if I'd had a sister to talk about what was going on and um, share it in some of the caregiving. Um, so that's just a little aside. Yeah, I do think of us as a sisterhood. I really do. Um, you know, I just remembered something else that was so funny. I remember one time we were at one of these dinners. It may have been at Sandy's house. And Sandy and I realized we were on the same cruise coming up. <laughs> we had no idea. And all of a sudden we're like, hey, I'm going on that cruise. You're going on that cruise with all of our kids who all went to the same university, except one of my kids didn't go to university yet. But they all went to the same university. So it was an opportunity to have them get to know each other better because they were in very different uh, programs. But that was a riot, wasn't it? That was so great. And our kids got along so well together. Your kids were so outgoing and the Chuck dragged my guys out and they were going to all the little clubs and dance places on the cruise. And that was amazing. And so coincidental. <laughs> no planning ahead of time at all. But there we all were. It was a riot. And Sandy, you brought us someplace that was one of the craziest places I've ever been in my life. It was that place where you could watch the air, the uh, airplanes land like a foot over your head. That beach. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What was that? Beach? Right. I don't even remember. Saint, the on St. Martin's on the yeah. island of St. Martin. And I don't even know if that's if if after everything that's happened environmentally and everything, I don't even know if that's there anymore. But um, Sandy led us on an excursion to this place. We didn't know where we were going. And it was a place that you could really watch the airplanes take off and land. But they were so close and low to the ground that you got covered in sand and pebbles and everything was crazy. The wind just the wind just blew you right to smithereens. And you had to be careful because people actually got blown off their feet sometime because you get these huge jets coming in. And I'm telling you, they're right over your head and the 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 breeze and that's just or the tornado that happens after they land from the engines was amazing that was pretty fun our guys it's really hard to impress you know teenage boys but our all our guys were like blown away it's one of the highlights for them oh wow. 
it was one Literally. of the craziest. I have never been that. If I would have known where we were going, I think I would have thought it was too dangerous and I wouldn't have gone. <laughs> that is so funny. I didn't hear that story, but I certainly remember you guys going on the cruise together. And Sandy, another one, a story that that you gave us that still rem- that I remember was remember when you were I think it was in L.A. and you went to the Museum of Broken Hearts. Like, yes. Yes. That was- that was so weird. And then they brought that exhibit to Toronto. They brought yeah. a part of that exhibit to Toronto down at the waterfront. Right. And I did hear about that. Yeah. Yeah. It was just an object that yeah. people brought to this museum and they set it up and told the story of the breakups because people hold on to things. Yeah. That's an amazing yeah. thing. And that's one thing that I really love about all our, our get togethers is we get to vicariously enjoy all the the experiences that the rest of us have had because we we've all lived such interesting lives like these amazing things and you know trips to england robin and kate and you know susie's adventures all over the place i mean it is really it's fun and one a short memory i just want to say about about our friend mary i remember getting to her the service after she had died and and the weather was terrible and there was a horrible accident and, it, and it, I was the last one to get there. And there was a box of scarves that Mary's family was sharing with to everybody that when they came to the, to the service, they could get a scarf of Mary's. And I, and you guys had rescued one for me. You'd saved one for me. You knew I was on the way. <laughs> and I keep that scarf in my, my, my sewing studio now. And I put it on all, you know, whenever I need that kind of comfort. And it is, it's a wonderful memory to have that. Yes. I'm so glad you brought that up. That was such a beautiful memory on such a difficult day. Yeah. I don't think any of us expected something like that. It's such a positive way um, to think about Mary and so loving beautiful yeah sorry and I, say, I have a story about this mary scarf i got mary's scarf at the funeral like you and uh, i was going to the uk at the time so i took it with me and then i got on a plane um in glasgow and it was blowing a gale and the scarf was whipped off my neck literally by the wind And I was at the top of the steps getting on the plane. So I sat down and I was so bereft that I'd lost this scarf. I was in tears. Anyway, I sat there and I said, well, I have to accept us. Mary's scarf had gone. Anyway, a few minutes later, the air hostess came up and she said, is this yours? And I said, yes. And it was Mary's scarf. And somebody in the airport had seen it go. And it had gone onto the plane and it had got caught by some uh, wire fence and they brought it back to me. And I was even more upset <laughs> that I'd got it back. It was just so joyful. And now I just tell, don't take it out of the house. I keep it close. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh, that's great. That is great. Well, thank you so much for sharing those stories. Um, I can imagine that. Our shenanigans and adventures aren't going to stop now and will only be more motivated to continue on after the pandemic and we're able to get out and about again. What do you think your best tip is for staying in touch with your girlfriends and loving life together 
after 50, because I talked to so many midlife women. Not everybody has the friends that they thought they would have at this age and stage. It has been very surprising to me. It's one of the reasons I started a membership group so that we would have a safe place to land and to grow and to share. Uh, Many women are missing this. And I know we don't take our friendship for granted at all. But what do you think? What are some tips for staying in touch with girlfriends going forward? I think um, Anita has a lot to to share on this. I I really see Anita as uh, showing a great deal of initiative in our group. And I'm, I'm really grateful for it. And, um, and when my chat with Anita and she and talks to all of us, the way in which she has kept in touch with gazillions of people, but not in a superficial way, I'm reminded that it doesn't happen by accident, that she's, um, she takes the time to do that. Um, and so... I think to have long-time friendships, you have to have an, an Anita in your life, <laughs> <laughs> or um, you have to learn the lessons that Anita has um, brought into our group. I, you know what? I, I Anita has an uncanny ability to uh, stay in touch. There's no doubt. But I would also say that you're right about the time. Like it does take a bit of time, um, and picking up the phone to touch base. It doesn't always mean that everything has to be long conversations, Susie. I would also say that for people who are, are trying to maintain or create new friendships in these awkward times and this time of life is that it's not about quantity. It's about the quality of your interactions. Um, and finding, you know, if you find one or two people that you relate to, you share an interest in movies or books or gardening or birds or whatever, um, whether it's pottery or China, the kinds of things that have drawn us together um, through mutual interests and, and fun things. But, um, and sometimes it's about doing things together, you know, um, whether it means you're out kayaking, you're out walking um, safely, of course, in these days and times. But uh, it, it's sometimes about doing those as well. But it's about spending a little bit of time, uh, putting some effort in, Um, planning it maybe if that's a challenge uh, in a busy schedule. But I would also just like to say it's it's not about quantity all the time. It is, it can really be about quality. We're lucky that we've got so many in each other, um, but not, um, not everybody has, you know, the ability or the longstanding breadth and scope of having six or seven women or more in their lives. So having somebody, you know, just a couple, not quantity, but lots of good quality. Yeah, I agree. Anita, you've been spotlighted again. What do you have to say for yourself? Okay, well, it's just kind of clearly in my DNA, because the other day I said, oh, I keep in touch with the whole world. So it's just, I don't know what it is, but I'm glad (laughs) to have it. That's all I can say. Now, I guess my bits of advice are, you know, the key is always the two-way active communication, not Facebook, not Instagram, not texting, because those are like bites and headlines. So my words of advice is you want to know people's story, right? So it's like Robin said, it's about the quality of the time. 
And then for as for developing new friendships, I mean, I'm kind of in that having come back to my hometown. So I haven't lived here since I was 18. And now I'm 64. So whatever the math is. And but I'm kind of I wanted to share a, advice that a friend six-year-old gave to me once when I just asked her, hey, like, how do you meet kids when you're kind of, she was in a pool at a resort and she goes, well, I just swim up to them and I ask them, want to play? So, you know, (laughs) and kind of like, yeah, find people and develop those, right? Because I think everyone's kind of looking for that. And often someone needs to take the initiative, right? And then people say, I'm so glad you called, or I'm so glad we did this together. So, and if people aren't interested, they'll say no, and they won't do a follow-up and then you move on. So that's my piece of advice, I guess. Well, I love that you highlighted picking up the phone and I you've always done that, like this communication thing of not being superficial. You've kind of been anti uh, social media anyway over the years <laughs> and you, it took you a long time to even get a phone. And I really, um, you know, sometimes that's annoying when you have a friend who doesn't have a phone and make it easy for you to to communicate superficially. <laughs> I always had a phone, just not. A smartphone. A smartphone. That's right. But for a while, you didn't have a computer at home. Correct. Right. So to communicate with Anita, it was either at work, email access or pick up the phone. And again, this has come up so much with um, with my clients. And I highlighted this in my book, 50 Ways to Celebrate Life After 50, because you got to go old school. You got to pick up the phone, write a letter. Share a recipe that's handwritten. Do those sorts of things. I mean, who doesn't like getting a letter? Who doesn't love getting a phone call? Our kids don't like getting phone calls. They don't want to be talking on the phone, but we like getting phone calls, especially with a headset. Super fun. So (laughs) I really appreciate that. And Anita, you really have been great at um, keeping up with people. And you right now are the only person left in my world who puts out a Christmas newsletter. You're the last one standing. I did it for years. I stopped about three years ago. Um, you did it too, Kate? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I should. It's the royal we. Robert does it. <laughs> <laughs> and I Sandy, noticed. you did it too for a while. Yes. Years. So poetry. Good. Poetry. Oh, and yeah. We just had to yeah. give that up eventually. Yeah. And, so sadly. Well, the cards in the last couple of years, I would say two, three years, it really, really stopped. And uh, yeah, I really encourage that going old school and keeping in touch with friends. And, and Anita, I also am glad that you mentioned making new friends because, again, this is very common in our at this age and stage to not have the types of friendships that you were hoping to have. And then what are you going to do about it? And you have to make an effort. So being intentional about relationships is critical. Not having the friendships and not keeping up with old friends is a very common regret that people have going forward. So it's part of regret-proofing your life and not thinking about it as time-consuming, but valuing what you get out of making that effort and planning in advance. That's okay. I plan when I'm going to call somebody. I plan when I'm going to call my mom. I think when's it a good time for her? When's it a good time for me? I want to have the time. You know, it's just a little bit of thinking. Does anybody else have anything they want to share on this? 
I did some thinking about, and I think Anita's right, it's important to keep the links with people, and that means picking up the phone. And you go through your head and you think, well, what am I going to say? I haven't done anything since last week. It's been the same week. But you know what? You pick up the phone, you share that somebody else is having the same experience, and it's, it's that kind of human interaction that somebody's taken the time to do that that makes the difference. And the other thing is when we're not in a pandemic, when you've got a group like ours where you can be in a safe place to share your joy, to share your sorrows, to share your accomplishments and those of your family without any kind of fear of gossip or people coming back at you with bobs or anything like that. That is something that I really treasure from our group because we've got kids and family, but in our group, we are ourselves. I'm not saying we're not with our family, but you know what I mean? We're our own women and we share our individuality in a place that really kind of is safe and wonderful. And it's something to be really treasured for sure. Absolutely. Any final comments on tips for staying in touch with girlfriends and loving life together? I guess I would say one, one comment about, you know, I like Anita uh, who moved five years ago, my husband, Bob and I moved seven years ago to a totally new small city. And you think, gee, are you going to meet simpatico folks? And I am so happy to say, yes, (laughs) it does happen. We have made some wonderful new friends here and part, partly like, you know, at Aquafit when I really enjoyed ca- talking to this one person all the time. And then I, the pool was closed for a long time and we happened to all be at the same show at the Performing Arts Centre uh, and ran into each other on a Saturday night, each of us with, with a, another couple. But, you know, we, we bumped into each other, kind of parallel lives, you know, um, and exchange phone numbers because otherwise we would only we only knew each other's first names and we knew the chat from the pool you know when uh we were both tall we were in the deep end side of the aqua fit pool and you know they she and her husband have become really good couple friends of ours now and i'm so glad we did we took the time just like the kids swimming up to say to another kid (laughs) hey want to play you know we did that and um so good now with the pandemic, we would have been out of luck. We wouldn't have had any chance occurrence to meet up. But now we, you know, we, we see each other regularly or see and talk on the phone regularly. That's and- so good, Karen. Thanks for sharing that, because moving is something that uh, can happen to many yeah. people as they age. And then you're in that situation where you That's may right. not. Don't, yeah, don't, you don't have afraid. everything. You, you, yeah. you don't have the local piece anymore. It's That's also right. so funny that you mentioned um that you're tall. So there are a lot of ladies in this group that are very tall and (laughs) some of us aren't. I am not only the youngest one in the group, but I am the smallest, but Robin isn't that much taller than I am, (laughs) but definitely taller. (laughs) But we have three very tall ladies in this group and it's hilarious (laughs) to be with each other in group photos and stuff. We always have to accommodate. Um, Ladies, Smoking gals, one final question for us today. When the pandemic is over, what are we going to do? We've had so much time to think about it, but it's so weird. This this weird pandemic year where we're all kind of 
Uh, I, I don't know if you saw there was an article that came out recently. Uh, there's an article that came out recently highlighting a word of what so many people are feeling, this languishing idea. Um, I don't know about you, but I haven't been really motivated to even think about what I'm going to do when the pandemic's over, even though I want it so badly. Uh, so is there something that you have been thinking about that might be great for us to do? For sure, we're going to be eating and dining and and enjoying some kind of a wine that has been thoroughly researched by one of you all, for sure. <laughs> after after our gin tasting. After the gin tasting. Yes. yes. <laughs> we need a gin tasting. You know, I, I guess I hesitate on what you mean by when the pandemic is over, because mm. I'm, I'm not sure what that means. Yeah. Um, what I'm kind of hoping is that we have all been getting vaccinated um, and that with the warmer weather and with hopefully the third wave coming to an end in Ontario, if it like eventually will come to an end, um, that maybe the, a simple thing might be to see how we can actually get together somehow outside um, and what that would look like. I, but pandemic over, I don't know what that means yet. Keeping it simple is a great idea, Robin. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> Keep Keep it simple one step at a time. But there's no doubt in my mind that we won't be celebrating our continued friendship, the Smoking Gals, uh, for several more decades to come. Not a question in my mind. You guys in? Oh, yeah. We've got got milestones, milestone (laughs) birthdays, milestones to actually celebrate together and and to connect over. So for sure. All right. The smoking gals have weighed in. Thank you so much for taking the time to help me celebrate the 200th episode of the Women in the Middle podcast. It was really fun to have this conversation with you. And I don't think we've thoroughly explored uh, our longevity as a group of amazing midlife women together, quite like this before. So I really treasure this opportunity to have had the conversation. I am going to put the feather away. (laughs) We've all spoken and shared, and I wish you all continued health and lots of ability to celebrate our friendship and other friendships in your life, because the world is a better place because of each of you. Thank you so much for your friendship. And we'll talk to you soon. Hey, Susie. Thanks, Susie. Thank you. Bye. Talk to you guys soon. Bye. Bye. Okay. That's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed meeting the smoking gals. Notice I said meeting the smoking gals because there is an apostrophe. We don't say smoking gals. We say smoking gals. (laughs) And I hope that it also inspired you to think about some of your friendships and how you can be more intentional about them. This is definitely a great way to regret-proof your life. Now, as you know, my focus as a midlife coach is to help you waste less time spinning and feeling stuck about a whole bunch of things like aging, empty nest, relationships, career, and being more compassionate towards yourself about all of it. It's time to get excited about your life again. Remember, being the queen of your brain domain is the best way to be, and I am here to help. This is what you'll learn when you hire me as a coach. Learning the mindfulness concepts are one thing, but when it comes to applying the concepts, that's when you really benefit from coaching. Make sure to join the Finally First Club. We are waiting for you in there. It's your one-stop home away from home for midlife coaching, community, and connection. You'll finally get that fresh perspective that will help you sail into your next chapter with a big smile on your face. 
Join us now at www.iamfinallyfirst.com. For show notes and links, head over to www.coachwithsusie.com. And to get a copy of my new book, 50 Ways to Celebrate Life After 50, check out Amazon or your favorite online bookseller or go to www.50waystocelebrate.com. Let's do this, ladies. It's time for you to put yourself first, one thought and one amazing friendship at a time. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk to you next week. 